We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into this episode of Realtree Rebels. I'm Chase Parman. Today, a couple Ole Miss offensive linemen on deck for the show. Caleb Warren, center. Reese McIntyre, mostly center as well. We're going to talk some uh, some offensive line play, a lot of football. Two guys that have been around the program for a long time. Both 2019 signees out of high school when uh, the portal wasn't a thing, when NIL wasn't a thing. And they are uh, the elder statesmen on this Ole Miss team that plays Vanderbilt on Saturday Currently only one loss on the season, still chasing lots of major goals. So we talk about that, why this year is different than last year from a perseverance, a, a, a team chemistry standpoint, what goes into some of those things, what it was like playing at Auburn on Saturday night, getting the win over the Tigers, the crowd, all that stuff. A lot of good conversation here coming up with Reese and Caleb. Really appreciate their time on a show that uh, is brought to you by Realtree every single week. Realtree, Realtree.com. We talk about the recipes. We talk about all the gear for your outdoors, for your hunting, and much more. It's really a lifestyle brand, and it's a great place to go. Check out their website. A lot of options there, and then a lot of uh, vendors selling the uh, the new Ole Miss Realtree stuff they got going on. Uh, they got plenty of Wave 3 out in different ways, several vendors locally in Oxford and all over with that stuff as well. So, again, we really appreciate Realtree for their uh, their trust and their partnership in this, Realtree.com for that. So now let's uh, let's jump back jump into it. Uh, we'll tell you in a little bit about Twisted Tea. Obviously, all MPW Digital podcasts presented by Twisted Tea. But for now, Ole Miss offensive lineman Caleb Warren, Reese McIntyre, on Realtree Rebels this week and MPW Digital. Caleb Warren, Reese McIntyre here with us this week. Guys, I, I know you got a busy schedule. I really, really appreciate it. Vanderbilt, 6.30 this weekend. I'm, I'm kind of curious for both of you because you got a 6.30 game at home this week. you got an 11 a.m. Uh, next week against Texas A&M. Which do you prefer? I mean, time of day-wise, just kind of sitting around, Caleb. What do, you, uh, what, what do you like? What's the perfect game time? Oh, man. Well... As you know, uh, the vault under the lights is pretty special. Okay. I will say that. So, um, to me, I'm, if it's a really big game, I'm probably going to say a night game just because being under the lights is something special. But as a player also, 11 o'clock games, you kind of wake up and you get them over with and you still have the rest of your day. So, those are also pretty nice. The worst ones, though, is by far is the 2.30 kickoff. Is it really? Why is that? 
because it's the middle of the day. All sitting, right, all right. You're sitting in the hotel room, but you don't have really a break to like chill because you got meetings and all that stuff. By the time the game's over with, it's like seven o'clock, your day's ruined. Like, I mean, there's just nothing really to do after the game or before the game. So, what do you got, Reese? I honestly probably say the same thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I personally, I'd say like for big games, I like the night games just because the atmosphere and like mm-hmm. all that and big games for sure. And then like, but I like 11 o'clock games too because you just wake up and you go. Like, I like, I like that. There's no like sitting around in the hotel for, an hour before you got to, like, go to pregame and all that stuff. So, I like 11 o'clock games. So, either one of y'all, say it's an 11 o'clock game, what's what's wake-up time? What time's breakfast? I mean, take me through from when your eyes open to when the ball's kicked at 11. Well, this will be our – next week will be our first 11 o'clock Well, good game. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm trying to remember. Um, well, do it the other way. Do, do, do the night game, 630. I mean, are y'all just hanging out for hours or what? What time does it actually kind of start for your day? <clears throat> Night game, um, we'll have a 9.30 a.m. player wake-up call for everybody. Usually everybody's up before that because we have our morning morning schedule here. But uh, it's 9.30 wake-up call for the players. And then we usually have like a 10.15 team meeting. And then after we have that team meeting, it's just be like a – make sure everybody's like down there and it only takes like five minutes. And then everybody will get on the bus and we'll go do our walkthrough and have meetings and stuff like that. In the morning, what are sore, what, what are those morning meetings? I mean, you've obviously been doing stuff all week. What's kind of that last thing, Reese? I mean, what are, what, what are y'all going over at that point, that close to kickoff? Uh, at that we're just kind of like refreshing everything because I mean, that point, if you ain't ready, then you ain't ready. Like you don't know yeah. what they're gonna do, you don't know they're gonna do. Uh, yeah. But I mean, at that point, you just refresh everything, kind of get everything fresh on the memory, just kind of right before the game. If it's a night game and you get that free time, what are you guys doing? Are you watching Netflix? Are you on YouTube? What, what, what are you doing to kind of kill the time? Watching other football games. Are you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Be in the hotel room. A lot of us, like yeah. uh, me and Eli and then Reese and Jeremy, we have conjoining rooms like every mm-hmm. weekend. Right? So we'll just have our rooms open. We'll have two games on both TVs and we'll just flip-flop back and forth. Yeah. We don't really get to watch football that much on Saturdays, so we get to watch like we try to watch it when we can. Yeah, I guess that's a good point because even the two thirty game, that's the worst situation for that too, isn't it? Because you're still kind of yeah, like geeked up and getting done after the game. There's really nothing you can do. Yeah. All right. All right. West Coast game that started like nine, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point. And then when, when games are over, I mean, say at home, how, how fast are you getting out of there? I mean, are you depend? I guess it depends on therapy and like kind of what you got going on. But just in general, how long are you there after the game's over? Probably close to an hour and a half. Honestly, okay. I would say that long. Yeah, because traffic's still bad, so like we're not really in a hurry, honestly, to get out of there because we're like, trying to let traffic get out the way. <clears throat> but like our families get to go in the grill and wait on us after the games. We go in the locker room, all that, have a good time, whatever, and then come out and talk to our families for twenty minutes or so. You know, talk to everybody else's families. You get to see them once a week. Um, so I'd say probably close to an hour and a half. You guys were 2019 <clears throat> high school guys. You've been around for a long time. And in the portal era, it almost seems like you're 40 or something at this point with everybody <laughs> coming and going as, as it is. Just, you know, I, I'm going to break down some more specifics, but just an overview, Caleb. I mean, what's it what's it sort of been like watching the sport and your own team change like this where there's so many guys are in and out year over year? Because, I mean, it wasn't like that even when you signed in, in, in 19. It was pretty straight just, hey, here's the signing class and here's what you got. I mean, what's it – What's it been like seeing things go so differently? 
I'm gonna be honest with you, it just kind of it kind of sweeps us old guys up and just takes it with it. I mean, half the people on the team I don't know, especially <laughs> for the first few months, and then I got to get to know them. I'm like, hey man, what's going on? I'm killing one, you know. Uh, and I, where are you from? And like, oh, we're from Louisiana Tech. Okay, man, nice to meet you. Like I, I don't know half the people on the team. There's still people that I, I've seen. I'm like, where did you come from? <laughs> like, but because uh, it's just such a big team. But uh, I would say it's definitely. I'm used to it now. Being this is year three of the transfer portal and all that stuff. So, uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely a challenge when it comes to trying to build like a team culture and stuff like that. Having all these new guys from all over the country each and every year. I mean, it's half your team almost every year. So. Reese, you ever called a guy by the wrong name after he came in or anything, not knowing who he was? <laughs> was it, you, you, you uh, got any moment where you went, yeah, I got no idea who you are? Uh, actually, yeah, it was one time I was uh, – I think it was scouting when I was blocking, and I think like a safety came down, and I was blocking him. I was like, I have no clue who this guy is. <laughs> but, yeah, that's probably the only time. What what is you know we always talk about this and we write these stories in the preseason and stuff. But I mean, what do you guys do to kind of all get on the same page and learn them and figure out that you know the chemistry and whatnot? I mean, what are you know especially as two older guys? I mean, what what can you do to to help that process along? Um, <clears throat> in the summertime and in the off season, every Wednesday we have uh, what we call get real meetings, mm-hmm. and we split up in between uh, like ten to twelve uh, groups across the team with random coaches, random players from all position groups and everything. And you just spend like 20 minutes. Everybody just share your story, who you are, where you're from, who, what's your family like, all that stuff. So that's a good way to get to know people. <clears throat> um, and then if you get new people in your position group, just go out to eat with them, you know, have dinner sometime, just any kind of one-on-one time you can have with them. It's always good. Does it work like that, kind of like a branch out? Like you get to know your the, the linemen and then the offense and then the team as it goes. I mean, is that is that is that sort of how that would work? Get to know yeah, everybody. Sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, Lane spent a good bit of time the last couple of weeks talking about you guys winning games that maybe you wouldn't have won last year and the chemistry and how much you guys are a team and all that stuff. I think after the two lane game, Jackson said he didn't think that the team would have won that game the the, the previous year. What? Reese, what do, you, what do you feel like is different? I mean, wh- why do you feel like this is a team that has that level of chemistry that's able to handle adversity and win win close games? Uh, I just feel like we we got each other's back. Like, if the offense doesn't have a good drive, then the defense is going to come out and they're going to have our back and they're going to get a stop for us. And then, say, if the defense isn't doing good that drive, then say, we're going to come out and we're going to put the ball in the end zone. We're going to score for them. And I say just, like, picking each other up and having each other's back and then having that team chemistry that you know, like, hey, like, I'm playing for the guy next to me. And, and like we we're playing for we're all a team we're defense offense but we're all together and we're all playing together so I mean I'd say that's the difference in having just having each other's back. Did you see at some point last year that it wasn't the case like it is this year? I mean, was there a time where it was kind of a worry to go, hey, you know, there's we're not handling this the way we probably need to handle it, Caleb? I mean, when when you look back on last year, what does that look like? Yeah, it was it was in the later part of the season because you kind of. As the season goes on, everything just kind of turns into one day after the next. I mean, it's – I mean, the season's flying by. It does every year. And it kind of – everybody just gets to the point where you start to lose focus a little bit on some of the small things like that. And last year, we didn't have like a uh, – we didn't have like a true leadership on the team. And we had guys that were problems to begin with and they never changed. We never did anything about it. 
and they became parts of the team, like parts of production and stuff. They had a big role in the team. So they took other guys down with them and stuff like that. We were just – it was too separated last year. <clears throat> um, we did what we could, but it was just – it was really hard last year to be on the same page a lot of the times. And everybody was pointing fingers, this and that and the other. I mean, it was – so this year, um, that's what we did this year. We really bought in as a, as a team. The players took over and uh, really fought for us to get up, you know, have some standards set have team rules and stuff like that. And that's what really builds the culture. When those things are going on and fingers get pointed or whatnot, I mean, is it possible for the team to kind of redirect that into a positive way? I mean, what, you know, what, what can you do as team leaders if you even sense it sort of going sideways a little bit? Really just kind of address it. Like, I mean, it's rip the bandaid off right then and there. Just address it. Say, Hey man, like, you're better than this. Like pick it up. Like we've seen you, what you can do when you're on your A game. Like, this ain't it, man. So just kind of, kind of like a, you know, check people. Um, like I say, rip the bandaid off and just. You want to be like you would rather be respected than, um, you know, you'd rather be respected in this game than be friends with everybody. So that's just one way of going at it. Reese, is it something where I mean, could you tell in the preseason that maybe this team is different, or do you not really know until something goes sideways? I mean, do you have to have the Alabama game to really see how guys respond? I mean, what's it been like, kind of watching these two years net, you know, net next to each other like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, like I'd say in fall camp, it's kind of like we kind of realize, like, hey, like this team's special. Like we got the guys to do something special, and I mean, we obviously haven't hit really any adversity yet during the season, but uh, I feel like this group. We'll we'll be able to handle it really well, and uh, I feel like I feel like everybody will stay strong and all that stuff. So I think we'll be fine. What was the week like after the Bama game? Was that was you up next and the one loss you guys have had? I'd say we just tried to flush it, you know, just just try to just flush it and say, hey, just that game's in the past, you know, you know, we can't do anything about it now. Just try to go one game at a time, go one and zero. What was it like for both of you guys? I guess Caleb answered first. Like, you know, LSU's driving down there. You've done all you can. You're kind of seeing how it ends. I mean, are you are, are we biting fingernails? Is it just nerves? Like, are you trying to stand in in one spot? I mean, what what, what are those five minutes like when Jaden Daniels has the ball trying to go score? Man, that was that was nerve wracking. I can't even lie. <laughs> just sitting on the sideline, like, um, you know, there's nothing that you could do. Like, it's all up to the defense. So, you know, <clears throat> so there's nothing that I can do personally to, like, help, you know, stop them or do anything like that. So it's kind of – it's an uneasy feeling, honestly, just sitting there watching it go down because you, over the past we've seen it so many times where, like, last year such the Bama game, like, we were so close to winning that game, driving down, um, ball in our hand, first and – in the red zone, first and 10, and just couldn't pull through. So, I mean, it's good to see that um, Ole Miss, like, we're changing, you know. We're winning these games now that's close and stuff like that, winning these big games. And uh, it's just really good to see all the hard work pay off. Reese, I asked Jackson last week, did you want Trey Harris to go down to the one and to kick the field goal, or do you want him to score in that moment? What was going through your head? <laughs> I mean, the smart thing to do is go out the one, yeah, but anybody in their right mind is not going out. Like, in that moment right then, that's the last thing you're thinking about. We usually have a uh, – we actually have, like, a big red sign that the signal guys hold up on the sideline, but it, nobody held it up that time. So, nobody – I mean, we really didn't think about it, but, I mean, nobody in their mind is going to think that, like, in that moment. 
especially a wide receiver, right? They're yeah, all looking for the end zone. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorable punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite teams, whether you're tailgating at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home. Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea. The drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. When it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. HelloFresh takes the stress out of mealtime by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your doorstep. This fall, skip that extra trip to the grocery store and have dinner ready in no time with America's number one meal kit. The new season calls for new meals, and HelloFresh has a fresh fall lineup of delicious dinners and more to choose from. Take your pick from 40 weekly recipes that suit your lifestyle, from veggie to family-friendly, fit, wholesome, and much more. They make it easy. Recipes are easy to follow. Get mealtime done. I know it's hectic right now. I know a lot of stuff's going on, kids' activities. HelloFresh can help you out. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW and then use that code 50MPW for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW and code 50MPW for 50% off. Again, 15% even the next two months after that as well. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Fall is here, gentlemen. It's about to get busy during the holidays. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and being the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. They're the best in the skincare game with an easy routine. Keep your face looking pretty no matter your schedule. Plus, what's better than a gift of clear skin? Join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self and first impression this fall. Plus, it's a great gift. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transfer in your skin. The regimen includes three products, the clean slate, the base layer, the good. The clean slate starts and ends your day. It's a face wash that leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And the good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as reduce the visibility and wrinkles and fine line. They're the leader of uh, men's skin care. They're made only with top-tier ingredients and clinical trials have found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for just a few weeks. One minute morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal. You're not beating this offer. Use MPW at CalderaLab.com and it's 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code MPW at Caldera, Caldera Lab to make unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holidays. Again, 20% off at Caldera Lab with code MPW. If somebody would have gotten down, who's the one guy that might have had the situational awareness to, to, to take that one? Who is it? I'd probably say do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do. Jackson's going. Jackson's going. 
I got you. What 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 has it been like with with, with Bentley's emergence this year? I mean, you know, just getting that one two punch back there, getting the running game going in the rhythm, and then kind of to, to both you guys. What does it feel like when you know, hey, we're running it, we're going downhill, and things are really moving in that direction? I mean, what's the what's the adrenaline like on the field during that? Reese, Caleb, David, one. Uh, it's definitely um, there's not a better feeling in football when a team is trying to stop the run and they can't stop it. Like, there's nothing you can do. Like, it's you pretty much you can pick whatever call you want or whatever play you want on the call sheet. You call it. I mean, it's going to rip. That's there's no better feeling in football than that right there. But <clears throat> to see Dew, um, you know, get the touches that he's getting and doing what he's doing with the football, um, it's just really – I mean, it's, it's a good thing to see because that dude, I mean, he works his tail off each and every day. Um, he's, been a, he's been a huge uh, – he's really picked up his leadership role this year off, in the offseason and stuff. And um, it's just really, really exciting to see him finally reap the benefits of all his hard work. Reese, what's it like just kind of watching Quinshawn do some of the things that he does? I mean, you catch yourself even in real time kind of going, wow, that's different or didn't see that happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming occasionally you're actually seeing things developed out there as it's, it's going down. Yeah, like when he's got the ball in his hand, you watch. And the stuff he does, it's it's amazing. Like sometimes he'll, he'll just – he'll break five tackles and you're just like, how how did he do that? Or like, for instance, like in the Auburn game, like he, I think he was tackled for a loss and – somehow stayed on his feet and got a five-yard gain. I was like, how Like, how did he do that? Just like – he just does freakish stuff where you're just like, that, that kid's different. Is that something you notice from fall camp, freshman year? I mean, do you almost kind of grade the freshman a little bit when they get out there and go, hey, who looks who looks yeah. hard a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he got his first – I remember he got his first carries with like, like the ones and the twos, like good on good. And we were like, oh, this kid, like he's going to be something special for sure. He's just like one of those freshmen that just stick out when they first get here, and you're just like, oh yeah, he's gonna be a ball player. What's been the impressions of Centarian since day one, Caleb, when he got here in the fall, or actually spring? I guess he's been here a while now. He he really yeah, 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 yeah. he uh, ever since he got here, I mean, everybody talked about him, all this stuff, and then mm-hmm. we started doing team team workouts and stuff like that, just watching the kid run around. I was like, wow, like this kid, yeah, he can roll. He's got some skaters on. And uh, <clears throat> he's kind of uh, – he's a little bit like Harold Perkins, really. You just see mm-hmm. ball, get ball. He's one of those type of guys, and he's been really good for us. Um, he's going to have a great career here, I believe. So, um, But he's been really special to watch and kind of grow into the role that he has. I, I, I guess we talked about it a good bit on Monday in the press conference and whatnot. And, uh, Caleb, what was what was it like trying to fight off the noise at Auburn on Saturday? I mean, did it clearly make a difference with some of the guy, things you guys were doing just environment-wise that night? Um, definitely, yeah. That first drive of the game, it was uh, – man, it was loud. I mean, <laughs> it was crazy. I didn't get to go to Tennessee in 21, so that's probably – all the other guys say that was the loudest yeah, yeah. they've ever heard. But um, <clears throat> with that right there, I haven't played at LSU at night. So that was that was probably the loudest stadium I may have ever played in right there. And um man, it was I mean, it was definitely a struggle. Like especially when we could try to go tempo. Tempo helps at times because it's the crowd doesn't know when to get really loud. Um so we can kind of you know snap it before they get loud. But they're on some of the third downs and stuff where we like to slow down a little bit. They really, I mean, they got loud sharp enough. And uh it also didn't help that there was somebody in the crowd with a whistle. <laughs> The first drive, you can see it like the the, uh, the touchdown play when uh, Jackson threw to Sakari. D Wade was looking to the sideline because he heard a whistle or whatever, and uh, he never he never ran a route. 
So the whistle. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah the whistle was messing us up with messing with us too. <clears throat> so, I mean, how'd you overcome that? Was it going on the whole game? Did somebody finally take it away, kick it out? Like, how long was that? Was that a deal? The ref finally stopped the game and yeah. went on the intercom and was like, uh, "Somebody in the crowd with the whistle, stop doing it." Blah blah blah. <laughs> So I, I, I seem to remember you being there, Reese. Which one was louder? Was it Saturday or was it Tennessee in 21? Uh, I'll hands down say Tennessee in 21 was the loudest. But Auburn really? for sure is 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 up there. I'd say I got like Caleb. We've never played in LSU at night. and But I'd say like I'd say Tennessee then Auburn for sure. Other than tempo, what can you do to offset it? I mean, what are what are kind of the strategies to to have it not affect you as much when you're when, when you got that kind of crowd going on? Um, I guess you could go silent cadence or stuff like that. And have yeah. the guard look back there, or the center look through the legs. But we've always we've had some really good quarterbacks who can clap really loud, mm-hmm. and so we've always just gone with the clap. We've practiced silent cadence in the past, but we've never had the need to use it. Because it clapped, we can just hear it. We can hear it good enough. So, With silent cadence it would slow you down just for a tick. I mean, there would be a negative to that, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, I mean, you've. I guess how do the how do the cowbells compare when they get going? But because of that being such a different dynamic, they're they are really loud. Okay, <laughs> they are really really loud. <clears throat> You know, they're supposed to be illegal where they're supposed to stop right before whatever. Yeah. They do the whole <laughs> ring responsibly thing, but it doesn't oh, seem they like don't. they actually ring responsibly. No. They uh, never do. No. <laughs> that place gets loud. Yeah. It does, man. Especially, Especially when you get on that studio section. Oh, yeah. It stays freaking loud. Oh, there's a big difference between the ends, depending on which one you're, oh, yeah. you're headed yeah. into Cause, because of that. It's like the south end is open. open. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. a huge electron on the locker room. So it's not very loud at all down there. But you get in that north end zone. Man, you can't hardly hear yourself. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got Vanderbilt on Saturday. You're 25 point favorite, obviously, but a team that they were leading you at halftime. They, they've given you trouble for a while before you've kind of pulled away in previous years. You know, but not a game you would look at and go, hey, this is where everybody's up. And like, it's this crazy, frenzied environment in Oxford. Do you, do you guys do a pretty good job of kind of staying level for every game, or do you feel like there's so many, so many times you can get completely up and emotionally and hyped? I mean, how do you sort of manage that throughout 12 games in a season? I'd say just, you know, just treat everybody the same, you know, just go one and oh, no matter their record, no matter mm-hmm. like what conference, what, what division they're in or anything. I should say, just treat everybody the same, you know, there's their SEC school. They got division one athletes just like us. They're on scholarship too. So, I mean, just I'd say just treat every game the same. Just focus on going one and oh each week. Is that something coaching staffs can can really, you know, kind of ingrain in teams? I mean, is that a focus throughout every day? Definitely, yeah. With the way you with the way you practice, with the way you approach meetings, whatever it is, where you go to the classroom, stuff like that. It's just all about being consistent and it's how you approach things. And that can really that's again that goes into the culture of a team, you know with how you, uh, you know, react and respond to different things and stuff like that. I mean, we see all the other stuff. What's it what, – I mean, just in a general sense, what's it like playing for Lane? Just fun. Fun, yeah. <laughs> you win a lot of games. <laughs> Definitely. But, I mean, in, in, you know, I mean, what, what, what's he like, though? I mean, we always get the pro mindset stuff, all that stuff. I mean, is it is that is it that levelness that sticks out the most? I mean, what are – you know, if I told you to kind of describe him as a coach, how would you do that, Caleb? 
if I had to describe him, I would say he never gets too high and he never gets too low. He um, he, thought he acts the same <clears throat> whether we win or lose. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of a difference, you know, I mean, with how you approach things and stuff. But he never – like, if, if we get a big win, he never gets too high on us and stuff like that. If we lose, he doesn't just dog cuss us and, you know, this and that and the other. So, um, he's encouraging, stuff like that. Um, I, if I had to describe him, I'd definitely say just never gets too high and never gets too low. Reese, in late 19, you hear Lane Kiffin's getting hired as the head coach at Ole Miss. What was going through your head? What did you know about the guy at that point? What were you expecting? Uh, at that point, all I, all I knew about him was, you know, like the Tennessee thing and then what he was doing at FAU and then really just like on Twitter. That's kind of like all I kind of really knew about him. And then we got up like word like, oh, he's coming to, he's coming to Oxford. We are a coach. And we were like, oh, it's going to be a party. <laughs> for sure. For sure. But, no, nah, it was uh, – it was um, – I'd say it was surprising, but I'd say, like, uh, say overall it was a good hire for sure. I mean, we – he's a good – he's a good coach for this program and a good, a good coach for this uh, for this university. Yeah, Caleb, you, you, both of you guys have been around for this entire build. I mean, what has it been like? I mean, you get to the Sugar Bowl so fast in the 21, and then, you know, right now you're still – you're in the playoff race. You went out, you go 11-1. and one, You got all these different opportunities and whatnot. I mean, as you're, as you're watching this – What's what's allowed for it to happen? I mean, what have been the big keys in this progression and this uptick for the for the program since you arrived on campus? Man, um, big keys. Um, scoring a lot of points. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I would say just trying to change um, change the culture of the team. And each and every year with all the new transfers and stuff, we're always trying to, you know, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Without having a rebuild year, we're trying to rebuild, put it like that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so, honestly, it takes a lot of work. And that's what we've done the most, really, is just put our head down and go to work. Um, stay, Try to stay consistent and treat everybody the same, like Reese said earlier, and just do whatever we can to go one and know each and every week. Reese, if you felt that, you know, you mean that, you know, not really, I don't, maybe respect, maybe it's expectations, whatever you want to call it, but, you know, there was a time where, you know, Ole Miss and people said, hey, you know, go win six games, seven games, and you're cheering bowl eligibility. And that's just no longer the case to the point of you guys won six games and it wasn't even a thought with media, fans, team, nothing. It wasn't even anything that, yeah, you got into a bowl eligibility. Can you can you tell from everybody just the expectation increase and now you're just simply on a program in the SEC that is expected to contend for big bowls and championships and win a lot of games? I mean, is, is that something that's almost tangible? Yeah, I just think, like, the standard has changed over the years. Like, when we first got here, like, in 19, I think, what, we won, like, six games, five games? No, we won. Was five games? I think five. Four, five, five and seven, I think we went. Yeah, five and seven, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the next year, I think, what was it? We were five and five. Five and five, yeah, that was a COVID year. And then, I mean, everybody was – then you come out the next year and we go to Sugar – that's the Sugar Bowl year. And then, I mean, I'd say just the hype around the, the fans and the team and – you know, I'd say just like honestly, I'd say just watching those plays is exciting. Like we score points, we fly around the ball, or are just it was just fun to watch. And I say just the standards, just it's like the standards changed since we first got here and now. A couple of things with some young kids, and I'll let you guys go. I really appreciate the time, but. 
What have kind of been the impressions, Caleb, on Walker Howard, Austin Simmons, kind of that next generation of Ole Miss quarterback? <laughs> um, Austin, I'll say this. That kid, he can spin it, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he's football, man, baseball. Um, he's going to be really special here. We're, and uh, I'm looking forward to him doing some big things in the spring up here on the mound. Um, I'm hearing oh, good yeah. things about him over there. But uh, Walker, man, I love that kid. He's always <laughs> – he's the life of the party. I mean, no matter – if you can have a down day, as soon as you see Walker, he's going to put a smile on your face. And he, he don't have to do it. He just look at you. Um, I love that kid, man. He uh, He's just a great guy, great person to be around, always uplifting and stuff like that. So, uh, it's the future's bright for Ole Miss for sure. Reese, you uh, you know, you we mentioned all the portal guys and bringing so many guys in every year. Are you one of those guys that are you following it online, seeing who's coming, or do you just wait and see who walks in the building and what the what the Christmas tree is bringing in? I mean, how, how how does that sort of work when you're following that stuff? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, you go on Twitter in the off season and you just see like all these offers and then you see all these commits and like so. I mean, you kind of have a general idea of who's coming, but like you don't really you don't really know until people till the first day of report day until people step on campus. I mean, cause like you'll get there and you're like, well, I knew this guy was coming. I knew this guy was coming. But like, I didn't know four of those guys were here, like from all over the place. So, I mean, but it's not really, you're really like, it doesn't really settle in how many new guys you have until the report day. until you gotta be, until everybody's there in one, in one setting. What about you, Caleb? You clicking on like rivals profiles and stuff or whatever, or you just kind of no, seeing what's I'm going not. on. I'm too old for all that. I'm just, <laughs> just like Reese. I show up, I show up for that first team meeting, and Coach Savage will get up there. But like, all right, we'll have all the new guys come up here, and say your name, say where you're from. I watch sixty percent of the room get up there, and I'm like, good God, I still don't. They say the name, I'm like, I, don't, I still don't know who you are, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I need a few months. But, uh, I hear you. Well, hey, look, guys, good luck uh, Saturday and the rest of the way. Really appreciate it. I know Tyler really appreciate it. And uh, when y'all get done, let's do it again. Yes, sir, for sure. I appreciate you. Sir, thank you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.